let's get started. Jump to 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 14. 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 14. Second Timothy, chapter 2, starting in verse 14. You get there, Carson? All right, I ain't starting without Carson. Y'all forget it. Second Timothy, chapter 2, starting in verse 14. God's Word reads, Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness, and their message will spread like cancer. Hymenaeus and Philetus are of this sort who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are His. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor, some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, Peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. I'm marking something. Y'all have to give me a second. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach patience. In humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. And that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil. Having been taken captive by him to do his will. Let's pray. Father and our God, we are so thankful and so honored to have the opportunity to bow before you this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to come in and study your word. We pray, God, that you will allow us to see and feel your presence in this place today. I pray, God, that you would remove my opinions, that you would remove my words, that everything that is said will be your words, will be your will. Father, that you will take me out of it. Hide me behind the cross. And let your words shine in all that we do this morning. We thank you for the opportunity, God. I thank you that I can come here and worship this morning without fearing for my life. Father, I, I thank you 
that I live in a place that I can freely worship you. And I pray that you be with all those this morning who do not have that luxury. For those who went to Sunday meeting this morning fearing they may lose their, lose their family, they may lose their job, they may lose their lives, but they win anyway. Not because of who you are, but because of who, not because of who they are, but because of who you are. I thank you, Father, and I ask you to be with those this morning. I pray each of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I have a question to start you off with this morning. A question that I myself had to answer, have to answer daily. Because I still don't like the answer I have to give. According to this passage of scripture, are you approved? You know, there's coming a day when each one of us will stand before God. And we will answer to Him. And He will determine whether we are approved. Now when I get there, and He begins to speak, Whoa, 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 hang on. Before you start, God, let me tell you I am approved. And He's going to say, well, who approved you? And I'm going to say, well, Brother Kevin, of course. He's my pastor. That's going to be a bad answer to give. When, when He asked, are you approved? You're not approved according to my standards, according to your standards, according to Brother Kevin's standards. We're approved or disapproved according to God's standards. Them standards are way higher, Brother Ronnie, than anything that I can do or say. It's a lot higher standards than my dad and my mom put on me growing up. They're higher standards than the preacher can come up with on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and Wednesday nights here at church. The standards that God uses to judge us by are higher than we can fathom. But the good news is it's not going to be a pop quiz, Bill. He's already given it to us. We've had it the whole time. You have opportunity to either get in line with it or just go on like you're going, just like it don't exist. That's not going to be a good option. I want you to see the very first thing Timothy is, I mean, Paul is writing to Timothy concerning Timothy's ministry as a minister. Paul, when he writes this letter, writes it from prison. He's in jail. Why? Because he murdered a bunch of people? Is he, is he there because he, he abused people? Anybody know why Paul's in prison? For spreading the word. For preaching the gospel. And we think we got it rough. Poor, poor, pitiful me. We don't get it, y'all. We don't get it. We've dumbed it down. I'm not going there today, though. I've done, done that one. Verse 14. Y'all, I know I got a bunch of laughs out of this the last time I said and done it, but I'm going to do it again. When you preach, you can control it. <laughs> I'll get a lot of comments out of that, and it'll be people make fun of me and all that stuff, but I can't help it. I'm about to burn up. And I see a lot of people out there fanning. 
And, and I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, nah, I'm not going to be extreme with it. I'm just going to tone it down a little. Thank y'all for allowing me that opportunity. And I'll, I'll take all the criticism and jokes after we get done today. I want you to look at verse 14. The first thing Paul says to Timothy in our reading, remind them of these things. Remind them of these things. What does that tell us about these things? They're important. What else does it tell us? We already know it. <laughs> this ain't new stuff. What Paul is telling Timothy to tell them, to remind them of, and to tell them about is things they already know. Now, I want you to know, who are them? Us. God's people, right? God, God, the ones that call on the name of Christ. We are them. Remind them of these things. These are things we already know. Charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit. To the ruin of the hearers. Arguments. Arguments have zero positive impact for the good of God. Whether you win or lose that argument, God's not getting any glory. I don't care what it's about. It don't matter. Words to no profit. Y'all see that, right? I didn't make that up. That's not Nick's theology. It says, strive about words to no profit. All it does is bring to the ruin of the hearers. Not just those involved, but everybody standing around. You've just struck them down. You've just done the opposite of what God put you here to do, which is build up. You just went backwards. You just, you just stepped off backwards. Arguments. Verse 15. Listen, we're going to break this one down. We're going to take our time on verse 15. Be diligent. Be diligent. Never stop. Don't quit. Keep digging. Be diligent. In other words, you can't do it one time and just, I got it. Right? Be diligent. Keep after it. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't get discouraged. Be diligent. Keep digging. Once ain't enough. Be diligent. Don't forget that. Be diligent. Be diligent in what? To present yourself approved to God. <laughs> be diligent. You know what that tells me? If I have to be told to be diligent, it tells me a couple of things. The first thing it tells me is that what I'm being diligent about is probably something that is going to be discouraging to me. In other words, at some point, I'm going to want to quit. Be diligent. Don't quit. Keep digging. Now it says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. When I sit and look at my life, I see areas that God's not approved of. So I'm just going to quit and go to the house, right, Nick? No, what are we going to do, brother? Keep digging. Be diligent. Keep going. Don't quit. Just because you're struggling in that area don't mean you can quit on it. You know what we'll do? We'll throw out the old crutch. Well, everybody sins. Well, you're not everybody. Be diligent. Dig in. Be approved. Not in some areas of your spiritual walk. In all things. Be diligent. Dig in. 
One Sunday to church ain't enough. As a matter of fact, once a week ain't enough. As a matter of fact, if all the time you get in God's Word is somebody else talking to you, it's not enough. <laughs> Pick it up at the house. See, some people believe that the only way God's Word works is if it's in God's house. <laughs> It'll work at home too. It gets as good a reception in your living room as it does in this sanctuary. I promise. <laughs> Try it. The reception is good. Can you hear me now? Yes. <laughs> Yes, it's good. Be diligent. Be approved. Not to satisfy Nick. Not to satisfy the deacon body. Not so your Sunday school teacher will be proud of you. Approved to God, who has a whole lot higher standards, Brother Ricky, than I have. A lot higher standards. He expects a bunch out of me. Approved to God. A worker, hold on, I stopped. Some of y'all just shut your Bible. That word scared you to death. A worker. We're spiritually lazy. It's a lot. It's easy to come in here on Sunday mornings and fill our spot in our pew as long as somebody else ain't done filled it. Because if they have, we'll go somewhere else. We ain't going to be where somebody will get in our seat. You know what I'm saying? A worker. Worker. God did not call us just to fill pews. God didn't just call me to take the gospel to all nations. That charge at the end of Matthew isn't just two preachers or just two uh, guitar players or just two deacons. It's everybody. Worker. Worker works. A worker gets after it. A worker leaves the house. Kill something and drag it home. That's what a worker does. A worker for Christ goes out and takes the word with him wherever he goes. A worker. You know what a worker incurs? Work. It's not easy. You're going to have to work at it. Worker. A worker who do not, does not need to be ashamed. This is what hurts. This is where it hurts. This is where it starts to get deep. This is where it starts to hurt Brother Nick's feelings. This is where I start to lose it. <laughs> a worker who do not, does not need to be ashamed. Listen to what that says. Bill, a person that goes out and does. I'm assuming if I'm doing for God, it's going to involve His Word, His standards, His rules. Not ashamed. Have you ever been caught... I, I, we have a rule at my house now. And if I ain't mistaken, I think it came from somebody else's house and we adopted it. If I ain't mistaken, I remember what house it came from. I think. We ain't allowed to wear nothing that has scripture on it that we don't know. I can't go and put on a hat that says John 3.16 and go into Walmart and somebody go, what's John 3.16? And me not know. You know what that is? That's a worker that's ashamed. Because, see, you're trying to be good wearing your scripture. But if you don't know what it says, huh? You hear me? We have that rule. If I'm not mistaken, I adopted that rule from somewhere. 
Because we had a hat one time that we wore that had a scripture across, and somebody asked us, and we stood there going, uh, I'm sure it's good because God, it's God's word. <laughs> that ain't good enough. You got to know what it says. Now, how are you going to know, Kirby? Well, how am I going to know what God's word says? How am I going to not be ashamed to tell people about God's word? You know how? Know it. Know it. Knowing it don't mean go home and put it under your pillow and sleep on it. That won't work. You got to get it out. You got to read it. You got to study it. You got to dig in it. You, you got to be diligent, not quitting, digging in. If you don't get it all the first pass, read it again. Be diligent. Don't quit. Don't stop. Be diligent so that you won't be ashamed. Keep going with me. Rightly dividing. Brill, I think I got carried away on this side. Rightly dividing. I, I know, I know, Bill, but there's some people back there, son, they are upset with me. They ain't even heard me since I come over here. They're so mad because of what's coming up out of that floor. Rightly dividing. I ain't calling no names, Chris. Rightly dividing. The, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. Right, Jason. It was really Jason. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, who benefits from me being able to rightly divide the word of truth? Who is the number one beneficiary? I am. You know why? You know what being able to rightly divide the word of truth does for me? You know what it prevents in my life? It prevents from me getting drugged in the wrong direction. It prevents somebody misleading me using scripture. It prevents me having to just depend on Brother Kevin's opinions and what Brother Kevin said. I can take and go to the house and open my Bible and find out if what he said behind that pulpit was right or wrong, I can do that. If I know how to rightly divide. Rightly dividing. Taking scripture, comparing it to other scripture and finding out what the truth is. Rightly dividing. It's a process we should all, all be very studied in and we're not. Not near enough. Alright. Those were the do's. Now we're going to get into the don'ts. But shun profane and idle babblings. Shun. What does shun mean? Avoid. Turn from. Get it out of here. Shun it. Did it say don't start it? <laughs> well, I didn't start it. Ain't what it said, is it? It says shun it. Turn away from it. Avoid it. Get away from it. What are we getting away from? Profane and idle babblings. <laughs> well, them's big words. What's that mean? Well, we'll just profane, we'll just call it profanity. Does that help you? Does that clear it up any? It doesn't say don't start it and don't say it. It says to avoid it, shun it, get away from it. The Bible says whatever enters into the heart will come out. Whatever you're taking in is what you're feeding on. It's going to come out. You can suppress it for a while. But the Bible says, according to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 16, shun profanity and idle babblings. Now, don't none of us do that. Don't We ain't guilty of that. Idle babblings. I have a um, word to put in place of that word in, in my references that says empty chatter. We ain't got none of that going on around here. Empty chatter. Avoid it. Shun it. Push it away. Get away from it. Avoid it. 
Idle babblings. Not a good thing to be involved in. Why? For they will increase to more ungodliness. What are we trying to be anyway? According to my pastor, and according to the rightly dividing I've done after listening to my pastor, and as best I can tell, he's telling me the truth according to God's word, I am here to be a reflection of the glory of God. That's my purpose. Wherever I go, whether I'm standing in a pulpit teaching in Sunday school or working on bulldozers, it doesn't matter. My job, my calling, God's will for my life is for me to be a reflection of the glory of God. Remember, that was our original intent. I would say that that means my goal is to be godly, godlike, right? A reflection of His image. Godly, shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. The exact opposite of what I'm called here to be. Ungodliness is the opposite of God's will in my life. And it doesn't say they may become or it could come. It says for they will increase. To more ungodliness. Johnny, the last thing I need in my life is more ungodliness. It's the last thing I need. So anything I can do to prevent that from happening, I ought to be willing to do. And one of those things is to shun profanity and idle babblings. <laughs> Pretty simple, huh? And there, listen to this. Hmm. Their message will spread like cancer. Idle babblings. Gossiping. Bad mouthing somebody. Oh, did you see what old such and such wore into that church today? I mean, can't get home fast enough to get the phone, so we bought cell phones so we could do it on the way home from church. Amen. You can play like you ain't never been there. You can pretend like I ain't talking to you. But I assure you, each one of us is guilty of some time or another in our lives have picked up the phone and been guilty of this, of tearing down a brother or sister versus building up. You ain't going to believe what such and such said. You wasn't there today, but you all seen how they dressed. You know what that is? That's exact spread like cancer. Because you know what happens when you get off the phone with that person? You pick up the phone and call somebody else, and you know what they do? <laughs> the same thing. It spreads like cancer. If we was that willing to talk to people about what Christ has done in our lives, <laughs> it would spread like cancer too. It would. It's just as fun to me, more enjoyable to talk about. We choose not to. We choose not to. Now look, Paul gives us two examples. Y'all help me with that first name. Hamuit? Hymenaeus? 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 Hymenus? I'm just going to go out. Give me that. Give me that. Give me that. Give me that. Carson, give me that. What would you say? Philetus. Hymenaeus and Philetus. Sounds good to me. They are of the sort. Now hang on. Who are these guys? 
Let me give you a little more harsh um, example. <laughs> Paul was rough on these guys. Go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 20. Because when I got to that, I thought, now who are these guys? Because he said they are like these people he's talking about, about idle babblings and profanity and their words spreading like cancer. I want you to read what he says about our old buddy Hymenaeus. Um, 1 Timothy chapter 1. Let's start, let's start reading in uh, verse 18. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and good conscience, which some, having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck. Some people's got off track is what he's saying. And here's an example. Of whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. <laughs> That I have delivered, I have handed over, I have given to Satan. That they may learn not to blaspheme. Let me tell you something. That is a tough lesson, tough way to learn a lesson. <laughs> Paul said they got shipwrecked in their faith. They misled. They were misled, and they misled others. That's what he's talking about. These idle babblings. When our opinion gets, when we get so involved in our opinion. That we let our opinion override God's word. When we let what we think and our preferences override God's word. Not only does it put a hurting on us, but we mislead other people. The Bible says that it is better for you to have a milestone tied around your neck and thrown to the bottom of the sea than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. The Bible says you are better off to not even be here if you're going to be a stumbling block for another brother or sister. Do you understand the significance of that? Take a moment and wrap your mind around that. God's Word says it's better for you not to be alive. You are better off dead than to mislead somebody. Are you approved? <laughs> Not according to my standards, according to God's standards. We got to make sure we got the right measuring stick out. When you get out, Nick is your measuring stick, and you go, Well, I'm as good as he is. You failed. You got the wrong measuring stick. God sent us a measuring stick, and his name's Jesus Christ. He walked this walk and lived in this earth so that I would have someone to look at and go, Where do I stand compared to this measuring stick? Let me tell you, not good. Not good. I struggle. I got the same struggles y'all do. I have to fight off jealousies. I, I, I have to fight. I have to struggle with think pride that wells up in me. I have the same struggles you struggle with. We all have them. But you know what? I'm capable of looking at myself and going, there's the problem. I'm capable of looking in God's Word, and when He points something out to me, looking at it and going, Amanda, you got to help me because right here, here's where I'm struggling. You can't just sweep it under the rug. You can't just pretend like it don't exist and keep going. Because the, when that day comes, you've got to be approved by God's standards. So if I'm someday got to be approved by God's standards, wouldn't I want to live every day by His standards? Wouldn't that be the easiest thing to do? Sure it would. 
Then I wouldn't have to be making up answers on that quest, on that test. You know what I'm saying? I've done that before. Be trying to copy off somebody else and get caught, get embarrassed and stuff. I know y'all can't believe I was. Um, let's keep rolling. All right, these folks have strayed in verse 18 concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. See what happened? They believed that the resurrection had done happen. They, they didn't believe Christ, you know, all this. So not only did it affect them, it affected the people around them. Don't be guilty of that. The Bible says it's better for them to have a milestone tied around their neck cast into the sea. Nevertheless, oh, I love it. That means we're going to change directions again. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands. The solid foundation of God stands. Immovable. Have y'all ever noticed how we go through phases? You know, Bill, at one time it was cool to wear a bell bottom. You remember that? You do, don't you? You had a pair, didn't you? Do you have one of them big hats with a feather on? No, don't go there. Just kidding. Just kidding. Well, then, then all these trends come and go through our society. This is cool, and you get on that bandwagon, and you turn around, that ain't cool no more. You got to go do something else to be in the in crowd, and you get on that bandwagon, and all of a sudden that's gone now. You got to go over here and get on. Ain't that right? Ain't that how it works? When you're trying to follow the word, I mean the world, when you're trying to follow the world and stay with the standards of the world, they're constantly changing. You know, when I, when I was going to school, there was a time when I came in with holes in my britches because me and my brother played hard. We did. And my mama refused to buy me a pair of britches every time I wore holes in the knees of them. And we, stayed, we was pushing cars and pushing trucks and playing in dirt. And I'd go to school when, before she got them patches put on there with a hole in the knee and I'd get made fun of. You know what, what, just a few years later, you could buy brand new jeans, look like Nick been a hoped of them. Now, had a hope that you still get them, can't you? See, I was getting made fun of for the thing, same thing that came in style. Y'all, you can't, you can't keep up with this. It's ever-changing. It's never the same. Just the time you get your money saved up to buy you a Hummer, everybody's making fun of Hummers. Right? Now they're ugly. Huh? Ain't it crazy? Let me tell you something about the foundations of God. They don't move. They never change. They're always the same. If you memorize John 3.16 when you're 8, when you're 38, guess what? Same thing. Same thing. If you memorize Romans 3.23 when you're 5, when you're 35, guess what? Same thing. God's word never changes. If you learn to live by it when you're 25, when you get 45, guess what? You can still live by it. It doesn't change. It doesn't come and go. It doesn't leave you behind. It stands, it stands, it stands on a solid foundation. Solid. As solid as the day is long. Solid. Y'all, that's where I want to be. I don't want to have to keep up with this junk the world's doing. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy out there. If you'll learn, if you'll take the time to learn, if you'll, if, if you'll not quit, if you'll be diligent 
in learning God's Word, in living to God's Word, it don't matter how long you live. It'll be the same the day you die as it was the day you was born into it. It's the same. It's, it's, it's so important for us to know this stuff, y'all. This is, this is big, big, big stuff right here. Verse 19. Solid foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are His. You know what that tells me? You can't trick God. You're not going to fool God. You can come in here every Sunday and wear your good clothes and act right and go out and do whatever you want to do and convince me that you're sold out to this thing. You're not going to trick God. It's not going to happen. He knows those that are His. He knows them. He don't know about them. Let me tell you the difference in knowing about somebody and knowing somebody. Let me think of a good example of it that won't embarrass nobody. What about, hmm, we'll see how many football fans we have in here today. <laughs> All right. I got Carson on, on ground with me here. What about a feller, by, uh, in honor of Carson, what about a feller by the name of Cam Newton? Oh, yeah. I know about Cam Newton. I know where he played college ball. I can go look up and read about him, all his stats. I can, I can, if I read and dig deep enough, I can find out what meals he likes. I can find out where he goes to church. I can find out whether or not he does, by the way he does, where he goes, you know, where he, where he studied the word. If you call, I know about Cam Newton. Y'all heard me, right? If you call Cam Newton and say, do you know Nick King? <laughs> what kind of response? Probably the same response I just got out of my mama. <laughs> That's exactly the response you'll get from him, right? I don't know him. I know about him. Do you realize you can know about Christ and not have a relationship with him? Do you have do you have the understanding that you can know about God and not have a relationship with him? You can do that. That ain't what I'm talking about. That ain't what this is talking about. When he says that the Lord knows those who are His, I mean, He knows them. <laughs> Everything about them, the ins and the outs. And they know Him too. Y'all, it should be our desire to get to that place in our lives where it ain't about knowing about God, it's about knowing God. It's about having a relationship with Him. A personal, growing, living, breathing relationship. That's what it's about. Let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. It's, it's getting real close to wrapping up right here. Real close. It doesn't say name any particular people who ought to avoid iniquity. It says everyone who names the name of Christ. It doesn't say should try to avoid. It doesn't say ought to do their best to keep from it. You know what it says? Depart. Get away from iniquity. Get away from sin. 
Avoid it. Get away from it. Not sometimes, not most of the times. Y'all, the standards that God has us living under is far above what we know. Far above. How am I going to know what's right from wrong? Go ask Brother Kevin. <laughs> go ask Brother Nick. What about go look in God's Word? He's the one that's got to, he's the, he's the one doing the approving and disapproving. He's the one that set the standards. He has the answers. And he's given each one of us a copy of it. Oh, my goodness. And we take it in the house and lay it on the catch-all, whether that be the stove or the refrigerator or the kitchen table or the little table beside the kitchen table or the little table beside the little table beside the kitchen table. We just throw it down there. And then wonder why we can't figure out what God expects out of us. You've got to know it. Let's wrap this thing up. You want to? Verse uh, 20. I want you to see something here right quick. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some for honor, some for dishonor. Vessels. Vessels. Some for honor, some for dishonor. Now that means that some ain't as good as others. Right? But I want you to look in verse uh, 21. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, the latter was some for dishonor. He will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. That's, what, that's the guy I want to be right there. Useful to the master. And you know what that said to me? Anybody can be that. Even if you are a vessel of dishonor. You can choose to repent of that. You can choose to become a vessel of honor. Useful to the master. <laughs> Who do you think the master is? God himself. God himself. Useful to the master. That's the guy I want to be. Useful. I want to be the tool that every time he goes to his toolbox, he opens the drawer and pulls it out and goes, Hey, I can use this for that. I want to be that, useful to the master. Because I can't imagine being useless to God. That don't even sound good, does it? That don't nothing nice come out of that. Useful. I have a choice to be the good vessel, the honorable vessel, or the dishonorable vessel. You have the same choice. He didn't just call me to take it to all the world. He called us all, every one of us. Are you approved? Are you doing what God's called you to do? Are you avoiding and shunning the things He said to avoid and shun? Are you reaching for the things He said to reach for? I got one more verse and we're done. Verse 22. Flee also youthful lust. Listen to this right here. Here's where we're going to get it. This is where we're going to wrap it up at. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Pursue those things. Where am I going to get righteousness? Where am I going to get peace? Where am I going to get love? Where am I going to get faith? Pursue those things. The last part of that verse. With those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Did that say anything to anybody at all? Did that say anything about the importance of of being a part of a group to anybody? 
Flee youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, love, faith, and peace. Pursue those things. And then it says to pursue them with those who call on the Lord. Out of a pure heart. Sincerely. Sincerely. The Bible tells us that you are to surround yourself with people who call on the name of Christ. Out of a pure heart. Some of us just got disqualified. Because there's plenty of people that call on the name of the Lord that ain't serious about it. Right? Y'all know any of those people? I do. I've been one of those people. I was that guy. I've played that game. Not no more. I read on into the book and found out the penalty for that. Not me, partner. Not signing up for that. A pure heart, y'all. Pursue righteousness. Does that mean sit at the house and wait on it to come by and get a glimpse of it? Pursue it. Go after it. Righteousness from God's word, from God's people. Pursue it. Grab for it. Reach for it. Be diligent. Don't forget that. Be diligent stuff. Righteousness. Love. Faith. Peace. They don't just pass through the living room on the boob tube. Let me tell you. The old one-eyed demon you got to go get after it. you got to desire it. You do that with people who call out to the Lord with a pure heart. Are you approved? Are you approved in some areas and lacking in others? That's okay to be that way as long as you're working in those areas. Are you not approved at all? Have you just said, you know what? Nah, forget it. Been doing this this way for this many years. I'll just keep on with it. It's worked pretty good so far. Good luck with that, by the way. It's coming a day. Approved. Be approved. Y'all stand with me as we pray. <clears throat> Father and our God, we do humbly bow before you to thank you for the opportunity you've given us to be in your house tonight. Father, we thank you for the safety you've provided for the words that you've spoken. Father, as each one has, has felt what you've said and heard what you've said, I pray that they respond accordingly, not to appease to me or to anybody else, Father, but to be approved by you. Father, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.